Bullseye, Season 3, Episode 35. My name is Russ Shaw. Attitudes of Sexual Integrity Podcast can be found at ASI247.org. This is the Valentine's episode for 2014. Crank this up. song is called A Letter to My Girlfriend. I can't play the whole song because of uh, copyright and stuff like that. I can play the bumper. But towards the end, the last verse of the song kind of goes like this. Uh, Close my letter, but never my love. I take it back there to heaven above. Get me back to you safe and sound the day I leave the prison ground. That lyric end of that song stirs up some dissonance and you could look at that in one of two ways. You could look at it as a negative thing. Well, did he kill her? Is that why he's in prison and she's in heaven? Is that what he's saying, right? I could, that's where our mind could go. Or you can look at it in the ray of hope towards a fulfilling life in relationship, you know? Like Jesus talking about how to pray in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In social science, there's this thing called cognitive dissonance, which basically says that when our mind has two conflicting thoughts, it goes to work very, very quickly to solve the dissonance. The feeling of cognitive dissonance is uncomfortable. It's emotionally annoying, kind of like a, a tag on the back of your shirt. You buy a new shirt and it feels like a, the tag feels like a piece of sandpaper and you're reaching back there trying to pull it out. That's what cognitive dissonance is like. When something isn't resolved, this has a lot to do with anger, how we process it too. But when something isn't resolved, our mind goes to work very quickly to try and set that thing right. Does that make sense? Right? When something we don't like happens, our mind goes to work to solve that. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, the little boy went to the store. He had $3 to buy some milk and some candy. Two larger boys walk up to him. The end. Right? So that stirs up dissonance. How is this going to end? What is this like? What's going to happen? I don't know the end of the story. And if we're honest in relationship, dealing with the Valentine's Day time machine, how we solve this this thing called love, how we um, define, does this person love me? We ask ourselves that a lot if we're honest, don't we? Right? 
I want the end of the story to be stay with you all of my life. That's hopeful. But that's part of, you know, human sexuality, love, partnering, right? Falling in love with another person. You you want it. You want that thing to be lit and for that passion to burn and for it to just go on for the rest of our lives. That's monogamy. That's, you know, loving someone and, and, and having a family maybe and a legacy and what does that what does that look like? Changing the future possibly of your family. Um, I've talked to a lot of people that don't believe in marriage because of what I call kind of uh, divorceophobia. Right? Like, I, I don't know if I want to do that because marriage doesn't last and we live in the 21st century and relationships don't last and I live in a city where most people cohabitate. Like that's the social norm here in the Seattle metro area is people that aren't married but living together. Um, Eat with you, sleep with you, be with you, right? All of my life. That's real, right? That's a heart level song. A lot of rock and roll tunes like that. A lot of music like that. A lot of R&B tunes like that. Um, it's not all bluesy. Some, I mean, there's hope in relationship. I guess that's what I want to say. Uh, Valentine's Day show. Talking about sexual addiction with folks who are getting some ground, right? Starting to get their sea legs, so to speak. Uh, there was a joke in there. I had to pull it back. <laughs> no, we're not gonna go there. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. Anyway, uh, it's better than getting semen on your leg, right? That's come on, Russ. Don't be so immature. That's just not funny. There's people that struggle, dude. We gotta learn to laugh at ourselves a little bit. All right, that shouldn't be a triggery thought, a tempting thought. I don't believe in triggery. Anyway, it's about temptation. You're tempted. And we react. That's what happens. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm a little punchy, right? A little punchy today. Anyway, the next, you want to subscribe, all right? You subscribe to the ASI podcast, however you do it and however you're listening and whatever aggregate you're using to listen to this show. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, you got uh, tuned in now. Zune? Am I on Zune? Does anybody even use Zune anymore? I don't know. If you have a Windows phone, I guess you use Zune. I don't know. Windows phone didn't really do as well as they thought it would. So anyway, I might, I might be on Zune. I don't know, and no one cares. So <laughs> this is the ASI podcast, and here's the goal I want. Here's what I want you to wrap your mind around today, and the title of this show is valentine's time machine all right time is ticking on that's a theme i like to do in this podcast i've talked about in the past and i want to kind of bring that back home it's chatting with some folks about how you know russ your old shows are better than your new ones like <laughs> i can take constructive criticism i can all right so yes that's one thing that i wanted to bring back in and bring it to the forefront of your mind being mindful about the future i think we all know that we're heading down this 
this road of life and it's a timing thing and we're getting older and the things that we do now, right, are going to change the future. The, the, the way we react to life today is going to change what's going to happen five years from now. Being mindful about the passage of time. Because the truth is, and I think we all know this, it's not something... See, there's things that you can say that everybody's like, duh, yeah, I know that. But not everybody lives their life as if they do know that. Does that make sense? Like, the decisions I make today are going to affect who I am or how I live five years from now, all right? For example, I'm a bit overweight. I, I could stand to lose, lose some weight right now, all right? Uh, I'm probably 20, 25 pounds overweight, right? So, and, and here's the thing. I'm not all Mr. I used to really be obsessed about my appearance. I'm not so much anymore. Uh, I don't know if that had to do with my sexual addiction, maybe. I don't know. But... I, I love my wife. I want to be right. I want to look good for my wife. But at the same time, uh, you know, I'm not just, I'm not all obsessed about the way I look. Now, having said that, I don't like buying clothes. I just don't. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I live in Seattle. You know, we're, we're grunge rock a little here. I, I don't mind having pants with holes in them. I'm a dude, right? I don't work in an office. I don't, well, my van is kind of my office. I have an office on wheels. But you, you get what I'm saying, right? I don't sit behind a desk and have to wear a shirt and tie. So I don't mind having clothes that look like they've been worn, okay? So I don't like buying pants. And if I keep living my life the way I have been, right, drinking stout beer and eating high saturated fat foods and empty carbohydrates like breads and potatoes and white rice, that kind of thing. If I keep living my life this way, I'm going to have to buy new pants. <laughs> I just don't want to buy new pants, man. I'm getting to where i got like three pairs of pants that fit. That's not good. I, I don't want to, well, I'm not going to buy new pants. So I'm going to make some changes and change some of that. So food and sex, very, very closely intertwined. Um, now, again, we can make plans for the future, but that doesn't mean that those plans are going to work out. And I've talked about that in the podcast as well. You know, the, the good part of existentialism is realizing that life doesn't always work out the way we think it's going to. You know, I mean, there's this kind of prosperity gospel in this country where there's a lot of Christians who, oh, if you give your money and if you're really obedient to God and everything is going to go well for you and you're going to have a awesome life and everybody every day is going to be puppy dogs and ice cream and people will love you and right no not necessarily i mean i i hate to break it to you i'd crack open a bible all right i mean the disciples died badly they died painfully uh jesus who the christian faith is centered around is murdered by religious people who are supposed to be protecting what's right and what's good Okay, I mean, I hate to point out the obvious, but that's just not the case. Um, so, and the one thing I, I locked, I used to end every show with back in the day was life is, you know, 20% the stuff that happens to you and 80% how you react to that 20%. Now, sometimes bad stuff just happens, all right? And you don't plan for it and it just happens. 
the economy went south in 08. A lot of bad stuff happened. A lot of good people got hurt. Uh, stuff like that, right? They had plans, and the plans went south, and now they're struggling to bring back up their lives to where it was before then. See, the world will say that you just didn't plan well enough, and maybe that's something in me, in my own story, where I am uh, very familiar with the specter of shame. So if I'm overweight, it's because I didn't plan well. Or if something bad happens financially, it's because I didn't plan well. This is all your fault, right? And we don't factor in life, that life happens. And listen, I'm not a counselor or therapist or priest or pastor or anything like that. But does that make sense? Like when you can see the shame monster, you can identify it for what it is. It's no longer just you. All right. We're people on a journey. We're not just all, we don't, I guess what, what I'm saying is learn where you pile shame on yourself because that leads to death. Ultimately, if you just this kind of worldly guilt, the Bible calls it. Second um, Corinthians seven ten, godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Godly sorrow, godly regret, godly guilt. Right? You should feel bad if you do bad. If you don't, you're a sociopath. All right. So, shame isn't a totally a bad thing, but how we process it can very well be. And this is where my relationship with God comes in. That I am created by God. That He loves me. That He has good for me. That right. Th this is true. That God has a purpose for my life that is, that he's a loving father even when I was disobedient. Alright, that's part of my Christian worldview. Life is 20% the things that happen to you and 80% how you respond to the 20%. Right? Now again, we can go back to planning with that. Well, I didn't make the right plan, so I'm not... Right, I'm not reacting to the 20% very well. Well, again, why do you make plans? How do you make plans? That's part of solving that dissonance. There's a lot of folks who were on NoFap, and one of the things I find myself encouraging folks in a lot is when guys get two weeks, three weeks, uh, a month, two months in to their recovery where they've not used porn, masturbation, orgasm to, to write as an emotional release or as a, the addiction, that's part of the addiction. When they haven't, when they've walked that far away from it, even a week for some guys, they start to feel, um, anxiety. What do you do about the anxiety? How, how do I deal with this depression? I'm, I'm a month in and now I feel bummed out and depressed. Why is that? And this is something I want to encourage you in. It's a sign that the parasites are panicking. Right, it's a lyric from a, a Nikki Six song. Nikki Six was a bass player and the, the creative guy who wrote a lot of the songs for the band Motley Crue. He was also a heroin addict in the '80s. Almost killed himself. Came very close to death. And he talks about that. You know, the the the. The addiction is amazed that I'm alive, right? That the parasites in me are panicking. And this is very true with sexual addiction as well. How you cope, 
right? You're learning new coping skills, all right? That, that's cool. That's awesome. I want to encourage you in that. Keep on going, but keep on learning too, right? Feed your soul. And that's another thing I talked about from the beginning of this show. Man, if you just think that there's no God and you're going to neglect your the spiritual reality that's all around you, um, man, I, I don't know what to say to that. You're blind. You really think that there's that all there is is this material world? I mean, really? You lay in bed at night and you just think that that's all just synapses firing in your brain. You're just wires in a box. Uh, close your eyes to a lot of truth. Emotional, spiritual truth. Stuff you can't prove. Right? You can't prove there is a God. I can't prove there isn't one. It's faith, man. And most of your life is going to be driven by the things that you can't put on paper and that you can't prove. It's going to be faith. So, Valentine's Day time machine. You're learning new coping skills, single guys. All right? I'm proud of you. Keep pressing forward. You're going to be a much better man and lover for that woman when you meet her. If you know her, or if you have hope for that, man, you're learning new coping skills. And I'm very proud of you for that. Married guys, um, the next podcast you're going to want to listen to i have a guest on the show a guy who was rock and roll radio guy was a tv producer for a while um raced motorcycles that kind of thing struggled with uh, sexual addiction been through a few divorces man this guy his story is awesome um single guys too it's, it's a great story subscribe to the podcast because it's it's uh it'll blow your mind um I want to leave you with this. Uh, the, the shame monster that creeps in. God is not out to get you. All right. God doesn't want to spoil all your fun. I've been saying in the podcast since 2005 that there's research that points to the fact that if you keep masturbating using pornography, that that's going to affect you biologically. All right. There's new evidence of that. But man, I've been saying it since 2005 and the Bible's been saying it since the beginning of right two thousand. I mean, thousands of years. This is a lot of people look at this and go, "Oh, well, that's just unrealistic. You don't have sex till you're married." But think about it. Isn't that what we want? Be with you, sleep with you, stay with you all of your life. What does it mean to get to know someone? What does it mean to get naked with someone before you actually take off your clothes? Um. We're all naked in front of God, in front of our Creator. All right, God knows every flaw, every stain, and He loves us still. That's why I'm a Christian. I want to leave you with this. This is Romans um, from the English Standard Version of the Bible, verses 7 through 11. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love. In another uh, translation, it says God demonstrates his love in this. I <laughs> love that. But God shows his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Um, that shameful thing that you did, that, that you and I did, or that happened to us, um, God saw that. 
and still loves you very, very much. God, right? No one's getting away with anything, all right? That's another thing. You have sinned and you have been sinned against. And sometimes, like in my story, the way I was sinned against started to play out and direct my life. But God covered that. God loves me through that. Even when I was an enemy of God, Christ died for me and he died for you. And that's true. Verse 10, for if we were enemies, we could reconcile ourselves to God through the death of his son. Much more now that we were reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? Verse 11, more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him now we've received reconciliation. All right, that's past tense. I pray that you do some business with God. I pray that you talk to him, that you submit your life to him, that he shows you real life, that that if we bend our knee to him, because we are worshiping, that's part of this thing, man. We are bending our knee. We're built to worship. That's what's in us. We've been created to do is pour out all the time. You're like a garden hose without a shut-off valve. That's your life. You will pour out into something. Where does that fountain come from? Guard your heart, right? Guard your heart from through it is the wellspring of life. The worldview that I have now, because of my Christian faith, right? Not because of religion. I can't stand religion. Religion is like karma. Like you have to prove it. Like you have to earn it. Jesus paid it. That'll change the way you do relationship when that gets in your heart and starts to get in your worldview, all right? My Christian faith has given me new eyes to look at my wife through, and that's a spiritual thing. It's not that I was, you know, Mr. Disciplined at it. It's something God gave me. It's a new definition of love. Christ, right, loving our wives like Christ loved the church. He's always pursuing. He's always loving. He's always after. He's he doesn't let bitterness fester towards us, right? Slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. It'll change your heart, man. And that's truth. It'll change your heart, change your soul over time. Till next time, my name is Russ Shaw, ASI247.org. My email address is Russ at ASI247.org. Twitter handle Russ Shaw. All one word with the at symbol, of course. So, until next time, remember to subscribe. You don't want to miss the next show, man. Bye. To be with the love, with the stay, with the sleep, with the all of my life.